and we are live. So today on Lifestyle Medicine, I've got Tim Cartmel. Tim Cartmel is, boy, Tim, you've done quite a bit in the martial arts world. You've done traditional Chinese martial arts, traditional mm-hmm. Chinese Gong Fu, and you've also mm-hmm. bridged into the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world. As of mm-hmm. how, how many years ago did you bridge into that? Um, I started practicing Jiu-Jitsu the beginning of 1995. Okay, so it's been a while then. Maybe 20, 24, 25 years. Okay. And um, I know who you are. I've read you know the books that you've translated and whatnot. But there are probably some people in the audience who don't know sort of the magnitude of you know, how big you are in this scene. Can you give just a little background to, yeah, your martial arts background, like how you got started, what you, you, know, what you did, where you are, where you've lived, that kind of thing? Okay. So I started, uh, I originally started, I did, uh, as a kid, I did some Taekwondo and that kind of thing, like a lot of kids. And then I started practicing uh, Kung Fu Sansu when I was about uh, 12. And I practiced that consistently all the way until I moved to, to Taiwan. Um, I was probably, I was 23, I guess, so probably about 12 years mm-hmm. of Sansu practice. Um, then I moved to Taiwan and uh, I started practicing. I had a, you know, quite a few teachers, so I started practicing primarily the internal styles. I started off with Xing Yi Chuan and um, some Bagua, and I trained uh, originally with Xu Hongji, and he passed away the end of the year, first year I was in. I trained with his son, One, for several more years. Mm-hmm. And then I started competing in uh, Sanda in the Chinese kickboxing tournaments, and I did that for a year or two. And then I continued to train in Taiwan. I was there about 11 years. And then the last uh, probably four years I stayed, I spent quite a bit of time in Beijing as well, practicing. And then I came back in the, the end of 94 and started practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like yeah. kind of, you know, almost full time then wow. and, uh, had a school. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's quite, quite the career there. Um, and you've done, you did some stunt work as well. Yeah. In I did. Yeah. In Taiwan. When I was in Taiwan. Yeah. That's very I worked cool. as a, uh, I taught English, and you know, like kind of every ex, yep. expat does or people that live there. I taught English and did that kind of thing. And eventually I taught some martial arts, but I got into kind of by accident into, uh, into the movie thing there. Just, just, um, I was, I was, I was somewhere one day and, and there was a, a guy I knew, a, Mer- a Canadian guy, I think he was. And he said, Hey, I've been, I've been an extra in these movies. You know, do you want to come? They'll pay you like, you know, whatever it was for the day. And you just sure. sit around in a, <laughs> I don't know what, like in a bar scene or something. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And then in, as luck would, when I was there, uh, I could already speak Mandarin. And uh, one of the stunt guys, they had an American stunt guy that didn't show up. And the stunt coordinator was like, hey, anybody know how to fall? And I was like, I know how to fall. <laughs> that's how it started. So I made the scene yeah. and then, then uh, I got it. An agent saw me and that's how. So I did, I did stunts for several years there. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah well, that's fun. Um, well, Tim, you know, when I... I was, I think when I first met you last year for the first time and I said mm-hmm. I was a fanboy for a long time, you know, I, I'd read your stuff and I, I, I followed you over the years. And what's really interesting is that you've gone sort of the traditional route in terms of studying Chinese internal Gong Fu and, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes gets a bad name nowadays because of the, mm-hmm. the, the, the woo woo charge that it can carry with, you know, mm-hmm. the chi projection stuff. But then you, you trained it traditionally from the fighting aspect and then you bridged into BJJ, which has been sort of a prominent fighting art, um, especially mm-hmm. nowadays with MMA and the UFC and just all of that. So mm-hmm. can you talk about um, 
you know, like the value that you found in the Chinese martial arts from that fighting perspective and then how that has linked and supported your Brazilian jiu-jitsu practice, if it has at all? Mm-hmm. So I, I talk about this quite a bit. This is a, this is a good question. It's a common question, especially mm-hmm. among practitioners of kind of tradition, not only Chinese, but traditional styles in general. Yeah. So th- there's a couple things. The first thing is you have to realize the, the strengths and limitations of whatever you practice. So you could be the greatest, you know, internal martial arts master in history or the greatest boxer in history, and you'll have zero chance on the ground against someone who can grapple. Yeah. So, you know, people have these kind of unrealistic expectations about, I understand principles, I can do anything, or no one can take me down. So, I want, you know, you have to get that, that's kind of nonsensical thinking, mm-hmm. although I run into it sometimes. So sure. you have to be clear on what you do, right? Just like if you just grappled on the ground, you're not going to be able to kickbox anyone. Mm-hmm. So you have to be clear on what your art uh offers and then after that it's it's not if if a martial arts survived for you know even a hundred years let alone you know hundreds and hundreds of years there's got to be something to it that worked right (laughs) i mean it wouldn't have been passed down so people look at these things and they 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 kind of see sometimes a uh kind of the modern incarnation of it once it's not. It's not so much the art. It, let's say an art's legitimate. You know, the techniques are practical. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not the name of the art or the where it comes from. It's the way it's trained. So the training methodology will make all the difference. So you can imagine, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, for example. You know, why why do people get uh, real useful skills very very quickly? It's it's the the techniques work right. Everything's but it's the training methodology. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine if I had a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu student. And all we did was shrimp up and down the mat and bridge on our own. And, you know, I maybe let them, I show them a technique and I just, they just do it cooperatively and there's no resistance. They'd have no ability. They wouldn't be able to use it for real. Right, right. So it's not like there's some kind of magic technical repertoire that anyone has. It's, it's mostly the, the, the function of the, the, the training methodology. So you get a martial art, any martial art. So you look at, like when I fought in the ring in Taiwan, uh, my primarily did Xing Yi Tran. Right. Mm-hmm. And it worked just fine. I mean, it, it worked in Sanda kind of context. And there, there may be a few other things brought into it, but it was foundationally Xing Yi Tren. And my teammates and I, when we fought, it looked like Xing Yi Tren. It was what we did. Mm-hmm. But we sparred in every single class. So we did a lot of heavy conditioning. The other, the other thing is, if you're going to, f- fighting's an athletic event at its yeah. basics, yeah. right? So, you know, you have to also, a lot of times you, not, not, with, not with combat sports, obviously, or, or fighting martial arts, but you'll also run into the idea sometimes that, People have un- unrealistic ideas of what real fights are like, or even sport fights. So you have to be as strong as you can possibly get. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on one second. Oh, no worries. Yeah. You have to be as strong as you can possibly get. You have to be. You have to have great endurance. Endurance mm-hmm. will often determine who wins a fight. So the physicality has to be in place in the first place. So you have to train really hard. Then you have to have a progressive, um, step-by-step methodology of of fight training that starts off with virtually no resistance and moves into full resistance. Mm. If you don't have that, you're never going to maximize your potential as a fighter. And the other problem is it also, it's the laboratory for your own physicality and your own talent. So just because like I could do something, right? 
and I teach you doesn't mean you can do it. I mean, you just couldn't do it. Sure. So maybe you're, maybe I'm just quicker naturally. Maybe I'm just strong. So you also need to learn a range of techniques in that style. And then you need to spar and apply them until you're like, wow, this is my game. This is what I can actually do, not my teacher could do. Maybe my teacher's got some exceptional ability, right? right. So all those things only will only manifest if you're trying it for real. Mm-hmm. So the traditional styles have a, I mean, you have to, you know, you have to get a legit teacher and, 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 a, you know, the real deal kind of thing or, or good stuff. Sure. But then it's, then it's how you train it. So, you know, you, it's, there's, but there's a lot of reasons. I talk about this a lot as well. There's a lot of reasons to practice martial arts. The original reason for, there only, there's only one reason for martial arts to be created. And that was to, to fight, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's, it's in the name, right? Right. Martial arts. But, yeah. <laughs> But in the modern world, I mean, you can practice martial arts for a lot of different reasons, even if you don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. You just have to be realistic on what your your goals are and why you're doing it. So for a lot of people, it's uh, it could be cultural. They like the culture or it could be uh, a method of self-discipline. It could be they want to get exercise. It could be – and they say, well, along the way, maybe I'll learn some uses for self-defense skills, but it's not their focus. If you say – I want even real self-defense skills, that's a whole other level of training. If you say I want to fight in an MMA ring, that's a completely different level of training. But does yeah. it mean you have to be a, you know, a pro or an amateur MMA fighter to get something out? No, of course not. And you can learn fundamental basic self-defense skills that, that maybe save your life one day. With just, I mean, there's some hard training, but you don't have to kill yourself training. You never need to go to the level of, say, a pro ring fighter, mm-hmm. but you still have to train you know, at a certain level of, of, of uh uh, difficulty and resistance, and that's the that's the core of it. Now, if you say I want to practice something like Tai Chi for health, mm-hmm. that's fine. If you you know if you have a good form and you understand the, you know the correct way to move and the and the correct way to breathe and the whole mind body unity and all that stuff. Yeah, th- there's nothing. I mean, it's it's fa- it's fantastic, but you can't expect you're going to fight anybody, right? Right. So it's like it's like they have fitness boxing. You go you go into a gym and you hit pads in a bag. You never really box. You're not a boxer. Mm-hmm. You got in shape with boxing training, right? So, but there's again, there's nothing wrong with all those. So you need to be real. You need to be honest with yourself about what you want to do it for. Yeah, and you have to be honest with if you say I want real fighting skill, even real self defense skill, it's a whole different level of conditioning than if you say, well, you know, I just want to move around a little bit. I want to stretch a little bit, which is great, right? Right. But you have to first and foremost is. Um, uh, not a self-assessment then you have to of course you know you have to be either fortunate enough or take enough time to find someone who can teach what you really want to learn right that that actually can teach it and then you just have to put the time in with the right method and then everyone will get to a certain level even people that at first feel like they have no talent will will get to a certain level of ability right and then the more talented might go further and a lot of people i feel um the tragedy of some of that is they don't they have the they have enough uh desire and they have enough discipline and they don't really find anyone can teach what they really wanted to learn right so they, they waste time yeah. or they find something that's really legit but it's not what they wanted to learn they just don't know yet yeah so you know this this thing in the beginning of being clear about all that and in the modern world it's relatively easy though you can go on the internet now right you can watch <laughs> everyone you'd ever want to train with on youtube so it's not it's not like you have to take someone's word for it and three years later you're like oh wow that wasn't what I, you know you should be able to figure it out fairly quickly right and then it's just a matter of you putting the time in and being realistic too you know if you have a family and a job and you're not you're not going to be able to train six hours a day you know so you say oh, i'll train four hours a week it'll just take me longer so you know all those things have to come into your right into your into your uh, expectations well you had a real you hit on a little, a lot of great points and there's a couple, couple different directions i could go but the one that 
came up just when you were talking about, um, I appreciate that you're saying that people don't have to necessarily train like an elite fighter to get the benefit of these arts, right? They don't have to do that. And I find that a lot of people are drawn to it and they want to study it without, you know, a huge emphasis on fighting. But, you know, the, and I would love for you to clear my understanding up on this. This is the way I have thought about it and the way it's sort of been relayed to me in the past, but I would love to hear your thoughts in terms of, you know, in the, the traditions I've studied and some of the people I've studied with over the years, they, they have said something to the effect and variations of this, that the mechanics that you use for biomechanical strength, the, the mechanics that you use for eliciting power, for, um, you know, having what you would call good martial strength, more or less, are mm-hmm. very much aligned with the same alignments that will make your body physically healthy. So even mm-hmm. if you're not going to train um, to be a fighter, quote unquote, you're still going to have to have the good body mechanics, more or less, of a fighter to ha- have that health get into your body. Would you say that that's accurate? And if not, like, what would you add or take away from that idea? <clears throat> it's a- absolutely accurate. Okay. Right? Let's leave it this way. Everyone has the same body. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have to you have to look at it, analyze it from this point of view. There's one best way to use it, or there's a one, there's a most efficient way to use it. Correct. Yeah. It can't be different for different things if they're the same movement or similar activities. Mm-hmm. So, if you're, it's like if you went to a good uh, gym to and you say you had a good personal trainer. The first thing a good personal trainer will do is not say, you know, lay on the bench press and we'll start putting weight on. He's going to teach you correct form or else you're going to hurt yourself. Correct. Right? Yeah. So it's the same idea. So correct form is correct form. So mm-hmm. if you're learning, if you're, if you're trying to, for example, in a martial art, and also it's objective. It's not a subjective idea. Right. You get to hit stuff or you get to wrestle with someone or you have somebody at least push on you and test your structure, right? Right. Is it stable or is it not? There is, there is no, you know, although I've, I've had people before debate me on things, but <laughs> when they're not stable and they have these excuses and they talk... It's stable or it's not. It's stronger or it's not. Yeah. So there's there's going to be an, an optimal way to, to to like generate force and maintain stability, stability and all that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to carry over to everything. It's the same. So if you can move well, you can move. Everyone recognizes it as well. You don't have to be a you don't have to be a classically trained dancer to see who can dance and who can't, right? Right. Very true. Or when you watch an Olympic athlete, and you, or you, even you watch somebody at Olympic caliber just run, you're like, wow, everyone can tell. Like that guy's got. Like right. beautiful posture, like perfect yes. coordinate. So it's it you know we it's not it's not it's not mysterious to us either. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's the that's and that's that's the why the biggest reason something like uh, Taiji Tren was kind of chosen almost by the government right to to be promoted as a health art. Right. So I mean you can tailor Taiji to different levels. There's there was other there was other uh, considerations, but they're like wow these guys practice all the time they're in good shape in the world right. Mm-hmm. And that was really the catalyst for making it a health something for your health. So if they were destroying, if they were good fighters and destroying themselves, they wouldn't have said, "Well, let's have everyone do that for health, right?" So, <laughs> yeah. if the it, it's going to go go hand in hand, if you're if you're if you're say say just just from a, a basic martial perspective, if I can generate maximum force, say in a blow, right? We're going to presuppose my body's lined up correctly in gravity, my structure's correct, I have the exact right amount of tension, relaxation, you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah. So that obviously that that's going to be it's going to have to be according to my design, right? The, the way I'm designed, right? And that's going to be good for you in general. It, it's it just could not couldn't couldn't be any anything else, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're slumping over and you have terrible posture, shoulders hunched up, can't hit very hard. You know, you're not you're you're holding yourself back. You're not using yourself in kind of an optimal manner. Well, obviously, right. using yourself as you're designed correctly has got to be good for you. Can't mm-hmm. be bad for you. 
Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. agreed. So you can get, again, all those benefits without ever throwing a punch at a human. If you do the forms correctly, for example, or you do the your Qigong correctly, that's what it should be. Right. You know, this is how it should be. Okay. Well, that, that thank you for that. Um, that does help. It helps me frame it too, just, you know, better understanding it. And so if, if, let's just say, you know, so if people are practicing for health on one side and say fighting on the other, and the middle ground is the good mechanics, like good mechanics mm-hmm. are going to be needed for both. Is there a way to lean more? If you wanted to say accentuate the health benefits and lean there, lean into that, it, are there, I guess, methodologies or approaches to foster that? Or is it sort of just like you just stay on that middle turf? You know, you stay on that, um, you know, just that mechanic train. So there's a couple things. You have to test everything. If you want to, I'll use Tai, tai Chi again. Tai Chi Chuan is an example again. If you want the benefits of Tai Chi Chuan, you have to practice it like a martial art because that's where the benefits came from, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you have to fight anyone. You don't even have to push hands with anyone. But if you're going to do the forms and the supplementary training, the basic training, and get the benefit that the people who, you know, back in the day, the creators or the, the top guys had or that kind of, you've got to do it like them. Yeah. So you can't say, well, you know, they did Tai Chi this way, but I can just kind of wave my arms around and slump over and it's tight. It's not. It's, it's, it's a specific martial art with specific principles. If you follow, you have to follow those principles to get that benefit, right? It's, yeah. That would seem self-evident. Mm-hmm. Now, without ever fighting. So what you have to have, though, is in general, you'll need to be tested, like posture tested, for example. Mm-hmm. So say you go into like a, you know, you're in some kind of Tai Chi position. You don't have to even know how it's used, but you have to know which way your intent would be going and which way, which like what's the flow of momentum or else you're not doing Taiji, right? Mm-hmm. Moving around slowly in random patterns is not a Taiji trend. It's not a, it's not the martial art of Taiji, right? Yeah. So, you know, your teacher teaches you the right sequence and then he puts some pressure on. Maybe he just puts some weight on your hand or he pushes your hips, right? And you'll start to get the kinesthetic sense of, oh, okay, that's my power line. This is the way I have to put my intent. And once you've done that for a while, you'll have, you'll have correct martial form with absolutely no idea of how to fight. It doesn't matter. Like I said, you can use it for, for hell. But, right. you know, a lot of people get the idea. It's like, well, it's whatever I want it to be. It's, it's I'm soft, I'm flowing. I'm, it's, that's absolutely not correct. Yeah. You need to do it as it was designed. You could do the same thing with any martial art. You could practice, you could practice, you know, you could practice boxing combos. You could practice anything. Right. But you're not going to, you're not going to learn how to move your body correctly and have all those benefits unless you're doing it like it, as it was designed as a martial art, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you can learn you, that middle ground. So you get really good mechanics. Mm-hmm. But how do you know it? How do you know? There's a there's a obviously in, in all martial arts, but a huge emphasis on a mind body unity unity idea and, and internal especially, right? Right. So you're you're like Xing Yi Tren is the name of the style, right? It's the mm-hmm. shape of your intent, those right. kind of things. So it's implied in all these styles. So how how do how do I like how do, how do you do that? So you use your intent. They say use your intent, not brute force. All those things. So how do you know you're using your intent correctly, right? You're, you're tested. So your teacher, anyone with you know some ability, I could kind of push on your frame and I could tell if you're resisting because you're stronger or if you're lined up to where the power is flowing through your structure into the ground, for example. So those are easily tested with someone who knows what, you know, knows what they're doing, right? right? Then when you feel it and your teacher might give you some you know, postural cues, drop your shoulder, drop your elbow, imagine you're extending your hand, imagine you know, a balloon's pulling your head, and it's not that hard to get. And then he tests it, and now, bam, your intent and your movement are united. And then you, know, you go through the forms of your exercises like that. It's not that long before you have real internal power, whether you want to use it on anybody or not, right? Yeah. So that would be... That will be taking that middle ground, real martial arts training into more of a health uh, uh, arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Or then you say, look, now we're going to start sparring or, or drilling. Now it will be a fighting arena. But the middle ground, yeah, that's a very good way to put it. You're not doing it 
as a health, you're not doing these martial arts as a health practice unless you're doing them correctly as a martial art from the from the foundation, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I think this area does get kind of fuzzy. I mean, especially nowadays when it's talked about, there's some there's some wiggle, you know, in the in the in the conversation. So it's good to hear you talk about it like this. Um, as we talk about, you know, these terms, you know, we're talking around talks around the terms internal, external, you know, martial arts. Can you for the for the people listening who are you know um, hearing this conversation and saying, well, what the hell is an internal martial art, and what's the difference between say an external martial art? In your estimation, like how would you describe those? You know, well, you know, they're kind of like convenient labels. There's, it, it depends what you mean by different. I just use the labels like everyone does because mm-hmm. people that study the martial arts will have an idea. They'll have, they'll make associations. Sometimes not not really accurate, maybe, but there'll be mm-hmm. associations. So, you know, the terms internal and external came in a hundred years ago or so for the arts that we do now. So basically, it's usually, I mean, pr- probably the the most generic way to think of it is a matter of emphasis. Mm-hmm. So you have some martial arts. Here's the thing: any any legit martial art is always going to talk about having correct structural alignment. They're always going to talk about how do you manipulate gravity. They're going to know, you know, it's going to be in the art. Sure. But an external martial art might favor strength training early on, and mm-hmm. the benefit of that is you get stronger. And if your technique's not that great, you can still like get the job done a lot of times, right? Right. So you know, if you're in boot camp for, you know, three months as a some warrior back in the day, we don't have time to go into deep principles of body you know you have to go out and fight with the spear in three months so you give them good structure you, you make them really strong you have them drill basic things you know that would be more of an external idea so the internal a lot of times too they're talking more about um maybe more relaxed approach it's it's a that's a loaded word as well but yeah, right. more relaxed approach and and a, a little a little more emphasis at least in the beginning on sensitivity maybe over force the mind-body unity really should be there with external styles. You know, you got to be paying attention to what you're doing. Sure. But there's, there's a lot of emphasis on that. And then they actually, you know, there, there are different ways to generate force. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if you, everybody has, but say they have like optimal alignment, you can generate force different ways, you know? Yeah. So, and that there's, there will be some differences in force generation. And then strategically, um, the internal idea, probably all martial arts, or they wouldn't be an art originally, but they all would have been, designed around do i have a chance to beat a bigger stronger guy if not why practice it a bigger stronger guy can always beat a smaller weaker guy so mm-hmm. there needs to be the the science and art of if i get good at this do i have a chance against someone physically stronger you know can i use my right. force better i have more sensitivity can i get superior leverage and technique all that and so internal sometimes maybe at least at least as we see it now would maybe emphasize that a bit more as well maybe in the beginning of training so mm-hmm. uh i use my sensitivity above the golden rule would be not using force against force, that kind of thing. But it depend again, it depends how you practice it. Right. You know what I mean? It's not the moniker, it's right. not the label of, well, I do uh Bagua, therefore it's internal, and that guy does right, you know, Swaijo, therefore it's external. That that's a that's a we have labels for convenience because humans like that kind of thing. We like to categorize things quickly so we have a point of view. Or we mm-hmm. understand we wanna we wanna feel like we understand what's being talked about. So you can't explain internal from scratch every time you start a conversation you know what i mean so you need these labels yeah but the downside is the the downside is you can have all kinds of associations and the terms are loaded and then you start to think well this is superior to that because i do you know and that's right. a dangerous thing so you got to look at the person doing it as well and how they do it again it's a method methodological approach and and a, and a matter of emphasis it's not really what i think they recognize was the guys at the turn of the last century that that kind of got together, they recognized a commonality of body use and maybe yeah. strategy, even though they had different technical base. Right. So they lumped those styles. They they were attracted to each other because those styles were easily 
cross train and fit and they gave that a name you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. like some styles if you look at say southern chinese styles a lot of the southern styles their body mechanics are not the same as northern a lot of northern styles mm-hmm. it's not inferior or it's not inferior or or superior at all but if you've spent you know your whole youth doing say a certain style and then you see it's in the south for example then you see a northern kung fu style you can't it's how much work would it be going to try to change your whole body it's just too you know so you say if i need to supplement my say you know how to strike you want to throw you'd find another style that had throws with the same body mechanics as you because you can learn it quicker right, right. you can always accumulate yeah. a skill on top of something you already know and sure. that's kind of what they did i feel and then they just yeah. gave it a name yeah yeah well said um you know what was interesting too is that you know at that the last workshop, um, you know, at Jared's place in, in Arizona when we were mm-hmm. there training and you did that, um, mm-hmm. you did that simple, the push where I said, you mm-hmm. know, you were pushing the guys in the class from a very short distance. And, um, you know, I'm six two, two sixty. I'm considerably bigger than you are. And I remember saying, Tim, can you do that? Can you push me? Just do that. And you were just talking about body mechanics, essentially. Like it's not magic. It's just good body mechanics. And if the mm-hmm. body loads appropriately, but I felt like, you know, when you pushed me and I, you know, you hucked me and people caught me, I remember thinking, God, here's a guy smaller than I am who's, it didn't feel hard either. That was the kind of, right. that was, at least for me, that was kind of the mind fuck where I thought, oh, God, he didn't push hard, but you launched me pretty easily. And it was just that principle of good, good body mechanics. And I, it, no, when, I, when really... I pushed you, it was magic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it sure just felt like it. So you were about a, <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. It's just a matter of you know, like using your body correctly and leverage and the right angles and that kind of thing. And then you have to have a little bit, a lot of the trainings and sensitivity. So it's kind of like I can find your center, all that stuff. But that's just it's trained like any other any other skill. So you're about a hundred and some pounds heavier than me, right? Yeah. So. You know, that's what I mean. So the art and science of it would be someone my size would have a chance against someone your size at least, right? If I got yeah. a, if everything worked okay. Now, if we were equal in skill or we, you know, I would lose because you're bigger. That's mm-hmm. just the way it's, it, it's, it's still, you'd have to be realistic as well. Yeah. So, but, but you at least have a chance. If I tried to use brute force against you, you would, you know, you just stand there and nothing would happen. I mean, it would be impossible to, because yeah. you're strong, you have, you know, you're, you're trained to have a good stance and the whole, so it would have been impossible. So. You know, it's good to, and if you, if you, if once you train and get to that, that same skill level, which you could get to in not that long of a time, you know, you could, you could easily throw someone 100 pounds heavier than you that far, mm-hmm. you know, and you could push people a lot bigger than I could because you're bigger than me, went same level of skill, right? Right. So that's, uh, it's good, you know, that's kind of why I do those things sometimes. So you can go, oh, okay, obviously I'm not doing it because I'm bigger and stronger than you, right? So it's, it, it's, there's, there's, there's something, to, something to that training. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I wasn't giving it to you. I was standing there just, you know, like yeah. let my weight sit. And I was like, I want to see what this feels like. And it was, uh, you know, it was, it was real. So that was a, that was an eye opener for me. And I think it also drove the point home in terms of, I think, you know, I think Jared has been gravitated towards you, you know, now that I've been exposed to you in real time where I'm definitely gravitating towards you in terms of studying the, you know, Xing Yi, where mm-hmm. I think in seeing it, um, you know, what's what's been different, I guess, from your approach is that, and I, and I think I asked you this in class too, was, you know, this biomechanical approach of getting your joints stacked appropriately, you know, having the, the clavicles up a little bit, you know, and keeping the chin tucked and all of these little things that you do to align your posture and to get it optimally online, mm-hmm. you know, you do that really well and you seem to have found a method to teach those fundamental mechanics to people to help them get into their body, um, 
in a more optimal biomechanical way. Is that something that you were exposed to, you know, in your, in Taiwan, like when you were, you know, in China, was that happening or is that something that you've sort of developed and, you know, perfected over the years as a, as your method? Well, I got, I got the ideas originally from my teachers and, you know, all mm-hmm. the, I didn't come up with it like out of the, sure. the ether, Yeah, yeah. but, uh, I, the meth the, the explanations that I use are pretty much what I've come up with. So what I, so my te- uh, no criticism, all my teachers were, all my main teachers were like spectacular, uh, teachers and great people, sure. but they were a lot of them, they were old, old school. Most, most of them are gone and mm-hmm. it was the old school kind of, there wasn't a lot of questions to ask, ask a lot of, you weren't asking a lot of questions. You weren't getting, you, you just kind of got an idea and practiced until you got it. Mm-hmm. And it, so it took me, it took, and it could have been me not understanding them as well, you know, equally my, my, my fault kind of thing. Right. But it took me quite, I, I got, I feel like I, you know, I, I developed some real skill fairly quickly because, you know, I had a good, I had the real deal method, I guess, and I practiced hard. But when I, when I got, when I started to get a real handle on it, I was like, you know what, you can learn this a lot fast. So when I came back to teach, one of my prime directives was, if someone puts in the same time, they definitely should be able to get it a lot faster than I got it, or I'm not a very good teacher. Mm-hmm. So my job was to streamline that whole process, I felt. So yeah. what I did was, as I started teaching over the years, I'd pay close attention to what people responded to, you know, when I, when I gave them a cue, uh-huh. or we did a drill, and I just kind of made, you know, I just kept track of it all. And then certain images or certain drills or certain things I said would resonate with more people quick, more quickly. So I, I would tailor my instruction to those, you know, those things, those cues or those, those drills. And then I, you know, I started teaching a lot of seminars kind of a way, you know, over a weekend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I would tell, I would say to myself, okay, some of these people, I mean, that might train with me over time or in seminars, but a lot of these people yeah. I'm never going to see again. Like how can I convey something? Hopefully at least ideally, how can I convey something uh, of use to them that they can get in a weekend that will help them with whatever else they do forever. I would have this idea. It might have been romantic, right? Yeah. But I had that idea. Yeah. So I would think, how can I convey? Then I, I started to think along the lines of, like when I teach jiu-jitsu seminars, you get a bunch of guys who've done jiu-jitsu for years. Mm-hmm. I can just teach techniques because they know they know basic. You know what I mean? Right. I can show them braces and they just pick it up because they've got. But a lot of people that I taught that did other things. It, a lot of times I felt like their just overall body body use was not not as good as it could have been. A lot of times, you know, some people were, everything was dialed in, but yeah. So I thought, okay, you know, you want to, I wanted to start with the most, what's the most, I ask people sometimes like in their style, I go, you know, what are the basics? And I usually get I, things about standing in stances and moving your arms around in space. It's never the correct answer. Yeah. In my opinion. So what you want to start with first is just your basic body alignment. Are you, can you line your body up correctly? And you have a, a kind of like mind-body unity going on, right? Mm-hmm. Can you position yourself correctly in, a gravi- in gravity? So those things, all the movements in the world are never going to be optimal unless you have that down first, right? So yeah. I started to tailor a lot of my, t- that's why I'm very repetitive in the seminars. I always start with these basic alignment things, the basic mind-body unity ideas, where you put your weight, and then we start with basic movements. So uh, over the years, I've kind of hopefully at least streamlined it into that you, that kind of thing. You definitely have. I mean, and I have to, you know, just kind of give you kudos for that because, oh, and this you. is, yeah, I mean, it's it's really um, a breath of fresh air in terms of, you know, I started this stuff in my early 20s, just playing with it for health, and I love the way it makes me feel. But, you mm-hmm. know, when I when I met you the first time, and, you know, and this is, and this is no slam, again, like kind of what you said to my to my previous teachers and whatnot, but that first, 
I don't know, five to seven minutes of you walking me through Santisher uh, and just talking about where my weight was, what my chest, I mean, the tiniest little alignments that you gave me for my spine, uh, you know, the the back thigh being vertical, the front one angling back a little bit, those things and that dynamic pressure between the legs, those fundamental things that you gave me within five to seven minutes, I thought, well, shit, I just got more out of that than I did, say, five years in previous things I had studied oh, because it was just... nice. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was yeah. like, it was liberating to, to have that happen. And I thought, boy, you've really... Um, hone this down and I think that's why there's a there's momentum like when you teach I thought damn this is like this is great because it was such a it was an eye opener you know I thought god here are some simple things that you have distilled down <laughs> over the years that made my body way more accessible to me quickly you know and that feels mm, good that feels great. good on my frame you know for a big guy right, that's right. like right. I've got limitations because of being big but I thought damn this also really turns the table like in a good way you know well that's great that well mission accomplished me I mean that's what I wanted I really People ask me about, you know, they want to teach and like, what do you need to do? Really, I mean, you can learn pedagogy, you can you you can you can learn ways to teach. But here's what it, I, I feel it boils down to: if you want to teach, for example, or anyone listening you know is a te- wants to teach, and I mean, if you're already taught a long time, you'll know this. But yeah. you really only have to have two things: you have to understand what you're talking about. I mean, you really have to have an understanding of what you're doing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's internalized. You practiced it, or in martial art, you fought, you tried it. So you you've got you know a real understanding. And all the only other thing you need. You have to have a real desire, like a like a a real like overriding passion for other people understanding what you're saying. Like you really want them to get it, yeah. not that yeah. you know. Because you meet teachers, and I met them in the jiu-jitsu world. They're they're world class athletes, and they teach because they don't know what else to do. They're famous. They teach jiu-jitsu, and they they really couldn't give a shit if anybody got it. Now they show good technique and all, but they have absolutely no passion for it, and they don't care. Yeah. And it's funny, you'll see these guys and you'll be like, man, these, this guy's students must be great because he's, and they're not that great because t- he just doesn't care. Right. So, you know, you, it doesn't, it's, you, you have to have, you have to have, you don't have to be world champion, but you know, you just have to be at a level of ability that you really understand your, your stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But then if you really, really want someone to get it, you will figure out how to convey that information. It's not, it's not, and if you pay attention, it's not that hard over time. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I really want people to, as a matter I mean, get it. Yeah. Well, and also it's partly just my own ego. If I had a hundred <laughs> students, like say I'm good, I've done these things, and I have a hundred students that suck after five years, whose fault is that? Yeah. Right. So my it would it would be, kill my ego, right? right. I'd be a terrible te- <laughs> terrible teacher. So Fair enough, yeah. I mean, I really do want people to get it because they're, you know, you see yourself in it, like you know, you like martial arts, so you see that their their passion. You know, you say, okay, this guy wants to, but and also you know it's my job i want to be a good teacher like you know i want my fighters to win i want my guys to do well i want people yes. who come in you know to learn things to be stronger and all that stuff right yeah so that's that's really uh you know all you need yeah and yeah. then absolutely then, and then also you also too as a teacher i feel people learn differently mm-hmm. and they have uh you know everyone has kind of the same problems you know there's certain things that happen but you have to you have to be indivi- you have to kind of individualize the teaching to a certain extent as well. Sure. And after you've done it long enough, you're going to kind of see re- the same problems in people, so you kind of know how to approach the yeah the problem with them. So, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a great answer. And you know, prior to this interview, Tim, I had um, I had reached out because I was looking forward to this interview, and I was like, you know, I'm looking to pick your brain, obviously, for my own personal edification and mm-hmm. learning. But then also. Um, you know, I was talking to people, they were like, they had, they had, there were some consistent themes that people were like, uh, that they were, when I heard, they heard I was going to interview you, they said, mm. here's a, you know, and this was a theme, like from a number of people. And they said, 
you know, for people that are coming to, let's just say the internal arts, or maybe they want to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or they're coming to um, fighting arts, but they're approaching it for health. Maybe they're older, mm -hmm. maybe they're starting. Like my mom, right? She started Tai mm -hmm. Chi when she was 66. She's 70 now. And she loves it. And she's like, she's like, I wish I would have found this 20 years ago. But for people that are moving into this realm and they want to learn and they don't have a ton of exposure or maybe none at all, what do you think is sort of like the foundational checklist that people should be looking for if they're going to start this process, right? Um, what, what would be like the key highlights, you know, that you well, would say? I think we, I, a little bit like we, we talked about before. First is you have to be very, very clear on really what your goal is. Right. Health you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, complete, because you waste a lot of time and maybe with really good teachers, but it's not yeah. what you're looking for. You know, mm -hmm. if I want to learn to play guitar and, and you teach me how to play drums, it's like, ah, oh, it's music, but I never learned to play the guitar, you know? Right. So that's the first thing. It's their responsibility first. Okay. And then, then, you know, you need, and, and it, it doesn't mean you, you, you got to shop around maybe too. You don't know. Mm -hmm. So you, you check people out, you know, you look at a school, the teacher should let you try a class or two, you know, and you kind of see, uh, it, you should be able to, as soon as you walk in, if it's a bunch of young guys grappling like maniacs and you want to learn Qigong, obviously, right? That's not your place yeah, yeah. or vice versa. So you kind of have an idea. Then you go in, you know, you might check out their background or their rep. You can look them up online, right? Mm -hmm. And then, then you want to try, I wouldn't be signing any long-term contracts. First, you know, you're going to try out, try a few classes or a month and you'll get the idea. Mm -hmm. And you also have to be careful sometimes because a lot of people, a lot of teachers, not good ones, will, will no matter what you say you want to learn, they're like, they'll tell you that's exactly what they teach. You know what I mean? Just to get students. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very clear on, is this really, is this really, uh, are they really doing what I'm looking for kind of thing? Yeah. And then if you like it, then you just got to practice. And I think a lot of people too, I get a lot of this stuff. Guys are like, 35 and they're like you know tim i'd like to grapple but i'm too old now you know kind of it's like people far underestimate you just have to start off slowly you know what i mean you have to you, you right. say a lot of people that ask me about doing jujitsu and they're in their 30s only so yeah. i didn't start till i was 34 yeah and i started training hard right and I, I i had my first profile i was 45 everyone else was 25 so mm -hmm. you know I, I trained a lot more than average but you know what i mean there's no like you can't a lot of times too if you want to do something a little more athletic just start slowly you, you'd be shocked at how how much you can improve, what a level you can get to. So that's the other side of it besides the health part. Mm -hmm. People out there that are interested in jiu-jitsu, I think everyone likes Brazilian jiu-jitsu, just some people don't know it yet. So, you know, yeah. a lot of people, you go out there and train a little bit, yeah. and you might really like it. Or any other martial arts, you say, well, I'd really like to do shingi, but the guys at the, you know, I like internal, but they actually spar, they'll actually, you know, you don't have to, but if, you ha if you're interested in that and you go to a legit school and you start off slowly, you don't sell yourself short, you can get to, people are always, very surprised at what level they can get to. They just go through the right state steps in the right order and they train. Right. You have to train hard, right? Yeah. But don't sell yourself short. A lot of people too, as they get a little older, they're like, I can't do the X anymore. And it's like, you absolutely can if you trained. You can't yeah. do it now, right? right? right. But in, in, in literally six months, you could. So you don't fall into that trap either. Now, those are great points. I mean, and I would I would be lying if I said I hadn't felt fallen prey to that voice a little bit. And it's it's changed my my attitude has changed toward, especially after talking to you and, and training with you some, where mm -hmm. and I and I, you're right because people I think we 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 see UFC fighters doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and we just see these mm -hmm. animals, you know, just like yeah yeah that's tearing, a different level tearing each other apart, and then everyone's like, yeah. well, shit, I'm not doing that, you know. But yeah, well, like, that's yeah, you don't have to do that, right? And you're making a good point, right? <laughs> Start slow, and and things will yeah. will go well or better. Yeah, there's a lot. There's you know a lot of jujitsu now is you know based on competition. That's the main thrust. But you'll still find schools that are kind of old school that talk about self defense. 
And, yeah. you know, there, there's levels of classes and, you know, you start, it's always hard. There's never like an easy day as far yeah. as, uh, phys, phys, you know, it's, it's physical, right? Obviously. Sure. But it, yeah, I mean, if you're into that kind of thing and you like it, but a good teacher's not going to throw you out there with a bunch of like maniac young blue belts or something. Right. You know, you'll start slowly, you'll, you'll build up to it, you'll grapple, and then you'll go up and level. And you, and you never, you could, you could learn to defend yourself with any martial art that's, that has the potential to teach that without mm -hmm. ever being training at the level of a pro fighter. There's no need to. Right. I mean, I'm talking about defending yourself in like an actual fight. Right. 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 There has to be a level of intensity. It doesn't have to be that high. You're talking about fighting the other best guys that can really fight. That's a whole, obviously a whole different level of for sure in, intensity, right? For so sure. yeah, you don't. Want to, you have to find the right school, you know, that that you fit into. But you shouldn't be intimidated. Yeah. If, you know, if that's your goal. Absolutely. And what do you what do you think, Tim? You know, in terms of in in our modern world, where right, we're not in feudal times. We're not using hand to hand combat. We're not fighting on the regular. Thank God anymore. But you know, how relevant do you think on a scale of one to 10, the average person learning self-defense, like real, you know, relatively applicable self-defense skills, like how important do you think it is nowadays? Because I mean, personally, I think it's important, but I know people will argue like, well, we're not fighting anymore. Therefore, like, why should we do this? You know, that kind of a thing. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it'll be the most important thing you could ever have done if you ever get attacked, right? I agree. So it depends. Now, you know, depending on your job and where you live, hopefully mm -hmm. you're not going to get assaulted or in a fight. Sure. But, um, you know, it, people do. So here's the good thing about self. Here's the, here's the good news about self, just basic self-defense training. If you go to a place that really emphasizes legit kind of realistic self-defense, mm -hmm. a few months of training is probably enough forever. Yeah. As long as you're in okay shape. You train hard, say, for six months consistently. You probably have enough skill. You, I tell you what. You'd have enough skill to survive most confrontations you might have died in if you hadn't had six months of training. Yeah. So you don't want to conflate, I need some basics. And a lot of it's just awareness and, and understanding like the interview and, and when people are about to attack. I mean, besides technique, right? All that stuff, that's the most important thing. That's the kind of stuff that would be more likely to save your life. But if you don't have that training, you won't know. So you can't conflate self-defense training for survival in the street with you know being a pro fighter you know they're not they're not in the same universe mm -hmm. so some realistic self defense realistic self defense training for even months might i mean literally might save your life 10 years later right so you know whether or not and you don't i don't want you don't want people to be paranoid and of but course. still of course a little just just the awareness of it might be life life saving yeah people walk you see it all the time people walk right into these dangerous situations and like i had no idea it's like if you had a little training, you would have, you wouldn't have gone in there for sure. Or you would have crossed the street or, you know, whatever that is. Right. For or you sure. would have checked around your car before you got into it. So just those things alone are, are, are invaluable. And just your, your, your self-defense, your, your martial arts in general, your self-defense, your martial arts, all the things you train have to be connected to your, your genetic self-defense reactions. Yeah. You can only interface. So you already have, Everybody has self-defense capabilities. Everybody. If you've mm -hmm. never done a day of martial arts in your life, right? Right. It's very true. So if you have a legit training, you can you can kind of upgrade those to martial arts very, very quickly because you already have that. It's, it's an inborn response. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of polish that off, although you can never override it, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're learning things that are, are, are kind of like, you know, I don't want to criticize anyone, but, you know, you, you'll get these kind of unrealistic things and these super difficult techniques. That's never going to work. Yeah. Maybe maybe with years and years of training. So I tell everyone, if you look at uh, 
like Xing Yi Chuan, how they teach you to cover your head or boxing mm-hmm. or any style where you're really hitting each other. It's based on your natural fear reaction when you hear a loud noise. Ne- next time a car backfires, pay attention to what you do. <laughs> right. you, will, you will lower your hips and yep. you'll cover your head and tuck your chin, right? Yeah. So you can train that into being a, 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 an actual fighting reaction in a fight very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how and, – and it's not only self-defense, all the way in through like, you know, if you're going to be a pro MMA fighter. That's what real martial arts are based on. So it's right. not hard to learn. It's – it's it's with the correct method. It's not hard to learn, and then it will be kind of interfaced with your reactions forever. Now you might be a little slower or whatever because you haven't practiced it, but the reaction will be like riding a bike, right? Mm-hmm. Your reaction will always be there. Yeah. So everyone out there, you know, if you're thinking about learning some real self-defense, I would highly recommend it, yeah. even if it's for months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, we'll wrap this up. I have one last question for you, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of um, you know I've been curious about this, um, and we'll let you go. But I, you know I. With the study of martial arts, you know, one of the things that I've noticed over the years, the thing that's been like the most benefit for me is just, um, like you said, you know, like I, I feel like I don't have the mindset. It's not my karmic path to even be like an elite fighter, you know, but I, I enjoy exploring mm-hmm. the fighting applications. But what I've always noticed is that, you know, training these arts and training the fighting arts has always done something really good for my spirit, my disposition. Mm-hmm how I interface with people, there's sort of an upliftment that comes from just training the arts, and I love the spirit boost, more or less, that, mm-hmm. I, that I get from it. Shingy in particular really has always mm-hmm. done something to my psyche that I can't really put a finger on, but it's always made me feel great. So mm-hmm. outside of you know the real-time fighting application that you can definitely get from these arts, and I know that you're so well-equipped in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, what has it given you in terms of you know, like day-to-day living and how, more or less, like how, what has it done for your spirit and mindset in life, training this stuff? Well, because I'm a, I'm, a, like, I'm a professional martial arts teacher, so obviously it's my, it's my whole uh, sure. living kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I might, I might be an exception in that way because I, I don't, it's hard for me to disassociate kind of my, my career with – I can't with martial arts because I've yeah. done it, right? Fair enough. So, but that aside, it, it originally started as a kid because you know, we used to brawl a lot where I, where I grew up. And you, know, you try to get beat up when you're little and you're like, hey, you, know, you can learn actual something that will – give you an edge. That's really how it started. I was interested in it then. Yeah. And then I remember when I was a little kid, you know, the Kung Fu series came out. Yeah, kind of and you're like, wow, everybody thought that, you know, everybody loves Kwai Chan Kane. And Bruce Lee. So, you know, you see that kind of stuff. And there's a, there's an attraction to this. There's an attraction I feel to and it doesn't have to be Asian. Uh, there's like an I, I like the idea of an organized method method of training for fighting that at the same time was kind of a a way to be a, a method of self-cultivation you know mm-hmm. what i mean there, there's yeah. so even me when i was a kid i didn't you know i wasn't within any i didn't think about spiritual you didn't think about it i just thought wow you know if i can learn this i can whip that kid's ass kind of thing i won't get beat up <laughs> yeah. and that's really how it started right yeah yeah but very very soon even as a as a 12 year old i the discipline of it kicked in and I, I i already i could appreciate even at a very young age um this kind of uh discipline is self-cultivate and it, maybe it's not for everyone i mean people find different mm-hmm. things but it, it will, of course, carry over into every other aspect of your life, right? Yeah. So you have a certain amount of self-discipline or, you know, you, 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 you practice something. Um, it could be a basic body movement and you can't get it. You train, you train, and then you get it. And you said, shit, that was, I thought I'd never get this and I got it. Why can't I do something else? You know, yeah. those, I mean, just on a simple level. Yeah. So all those things, and it's good exercise, right? You're actually, you know, getting some exercise. Yep. So there's a, I tell everyone like the, the same idea as the self-defense thing. You could learn some decent lifelong self-defense skills in, in a matter of months, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you keep doing martial arts after that if, if that was your goal? Right. If, if it was your only goal, you wouldn't. But why do most people keep doing it? It's And, you know, you might want to compete. I mean, people compete right. and it's a sport. It's a right. combat sport. 
But the vast majority of people, it's not. There's some level of self-cultivation involved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you would say spiritual, I would say self-cultivation. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. you're like, you know, you're 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 organizing your psyche. You're you're learning about mind body unity. You're giving it the, the only discipline, self-discipline, right? If I make you do something, that's not self. That's not discipline. I'm forced you to do it. Yeah. The only discipline, self-discipline. So you're you're doing things that you might like them, but they're still hard, right? And there's mm-hmm. still challenges. And especially if they're anything, anything competitive, like in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like the biggest thing you'll hear is if you can't check your ego, you just can't stay in a, in a class because you don't, you all, yeah. you know, people, when you first start, everybody beats you up kind of thing. You know, you, and even mm-hmm. as you, you can be the best guy and once in a while you're going to get submitted or you're going to, it's, you know, you got to keep your ego in check and there's always more to learn. So all those things are kind of like uh, lessons in life that sometimes we're not exposed to once we're kind of, you know, in the working world and grown up. You know, we, yeah. we get, you know, we have to go to, I mean, you have to, you go to work, you know, you, you take care of your family or whatever, and you get into kind of, it's the rut thing, right? Yeah. And people, I think, I think, uh, I think people like, they kind of like, psych, their psyche yearns for that kind of self-discipline. It's something that, you know, it's in our psyche right. and it's another outlet. You could do it with maybe music, you could do it with whatever else, but the martial arts is special in that uh, it's physical for one thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it. I mean, you could do Tai Chi by yourself for health, but when you're training with other people, there's a kind of like, you know, you get connections with other people, which is really nice. And also there's a physical connection, like you're fighting with them, you're sparring with them at whatever level, right? Yeah. There's a test of you, there's a test of your, how far your training has come along. And when you're defeated, you need to check your ego, right? It's not mm-hmm. his fault. He's supposed to beat me. Like, what do I do to get better? And all those things I feel, we get, we get, we get a lot of it growing up as you're learning your life lessons. You maybe you play sports in school. And then a lot of times they stop. And I feel like, you know, if you, if you don't have time to train, you don't have time to train. But just training a couple, three days a week in a martial art, that, that's, that, that's, you get a continuation of those life lessons, like hands-on continuation, right. as long as you'd like, all the way till you're old. And as you get older and older, you can modify the amount of activity or, you know, you tone down the sparring, obviously. But you can still try to keep, you can help, then you can teach or you can help, you know, uh, spread, uh, you know, disseminate whatever knowledge you have. So there's like a lifelong thing in it if you, if you, if you want it. And it's not the mm-hmm. only way, but of course, you know, I'm partial to it because it's what I've done. I don't, I don't really know any other way, right? Sure. I mean, other ways sure. might be just as, just, <laughs> I just don't know about it. But I understand the, I can see the, the common thread, you know, like that, yeah. that, that yearning in the psyche for a kind of self-discipline. So mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. And even people don't realize it, they, they're doing it. You know what I mean? Even if it's not completely conscious at the time. Right. It gets a hold of them, whether, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. by osmosis, it grabs a hold of them. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Awesome, Tim. Well, if people want to, um, Tim, if they want to follow your work and kind of, you know, see what you're doing, um, where can mm. where can people kind of find you online and, you know, social media websites? Like, where, yeah, where can I, they... so um, I don't have a huge social media, pre- but um, if they, Shenwu, S-H-E-N-W-U mm-hmm. is the name of my, my old school and the mm-hmm. name of like my organization. So if you Google me or Shenwu, you'll find information. Okay. And I, I, the, I teach the Jiu-Jitsu Academy is Ace Jiu-Jitsu, A-C-E, Ace Jiu-Jitsu. It's in Fountain Valley in Southern California. So you can, you know, you can find me, at a, they, you can find me through the Ace Jiu-Jitsu site, that okay. kind of thing. And then my website is shenwood.com. If, you know, it's an old website. I primarily use it just to sell DVDs and things. There's not, a, there's no new information on it, but there's, okay. there's bios on it and things. So if anyone's interested, that would be the, probably the best way to go about it. Okay. Awesome. Well, Tim, Thank you um, for taking the time. I know you're kind of an in-demand oh, guy. My pleasure. Yeah, and my pleasure. I really appreciate, you know, just on a personal note, what you're doing for the martial arts world and the scene. I mean, it's it's moved me. Um, I know I'm not the only one, and I know the the fighters that you're training. I mean, they're getting just amazing, 
um, teaching from you. So it's, I appreciate it. And I know a lot of people do too. And I just want to say thank you because you've helped, you've helped me tremendously deepen my practice. And that's, um, you know, I, I'm just very appreciative. So thank oh, you. My, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for your time, Tim. All right, guys. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.